With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Big Blue Insider is on. News Radio 630 WLAP and the iHeartRadio app. To interact with the show, call us at 859-280-2287. That's 859-280-CATS. Or you can tweet us at Big Blue Insider 1. Now, here's Dick Gabriel. Welcome back to the Big Blue Insider, hour number two of our program. And uh, thanks again, by the way, for to uh, Justin Rowland for chatting with us, uh, talking both Kentucky football and basketball. And we will keep things rolling with our next guest. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, maybe just the team and the coaches after that, she is going to be the happiest person on opening day <laughs> at the Kroger Field. It is Chrissy Thomas of the UK Network and also the in-game host at Kroger Field. How are you, young lady? Well, I'm great and even better now that we know uh, what's in store for us for football season. You're exactly right. I am pumped. <laughs> and you know this if you follow Christy on social media, and you should if you don't. But, right. Uh, I yeah, think, if you don't, why aren't you? I think yours was the first tweet I saw after Kentucky's <laughs> announcement. But uh, we were debating, Christy, as to whether or not there'd be a full house, but yeah, uh, you know, there's there's the thought that uh, people have learned they can do without. They can stay home, put their feet up, not fight the traffic. But I'll tell you what, just just to get out. I mean, and if any, if the sporting events we've seen around the country are any indication, I think we're going to be uh, pretty close to a full house on that day. Well, I agree with you, and you know, maybe that's a situation that allows other fans that might not normally have an opportunity to get to these events, the opportunity to get there, you know, if they've never been able to get their hands on tickets or they just haven't been accessible, I think, especially from the basketball perspective, then maybe this is a chance for folks that have never had this experience to be able to get it. Because um, I can tell you, you know, as someone who has the luxury, I I consider it um, a very good fortune and luxury to be down on the field during football games. It is an incredible environment. And listen, I've also, I'm a season ticket holder and have been for years. So I also sit up in the stands and have that perspective as well, too. My family is always there. Um, and that's equally as fun, too. So um, I, I, I agree with you that if just the excitement and the, the whole idea that we're able to be there um, is enough to, to reel me in regardless of where I'm sitting or where I am in the stadium. Seven home games yeah, in a schedule that at least one service uh, having some fun ranking the schedules uh said is the 13th toughest in the sec and that that's one survey or one poll chrissy you don't want to be at the top like arkansas is <laughs> right well i mean and I, you know i think it's it's a situation for football that um you know once you start your sec schedule you know who, who doesn't matter how you slice it yeah. it's a tough road it's a tough second half you know to that season but um, 
you know, this is something that we didn't get to see out of UK football last year was that pre-conference schedule and really see how they could settle in to, um, and I think this year more than ever with a new uh, offense and with a new offensive coordinator and so many things new, a new offensive line coach, I don't think there's ever been a time more important for the season to go back to normal and us be back to um, really being able to get some of those non-conference games on the schedule and see how we do. Listen, I, I keep looking at that, that first one, that September 4th, yeah. is eyeballing me big time at that noon kickoff. And I'm like, it is surface of the sun hot <laughs> down there on that turf. Yep. And I just think, man, you know, but I, but it's all right. I'll take it. I'll take it every day of the week oh, as yeah. long as we can be there. And But, um, you know, it takes me back to some of those games where you just, you know as well as anybody too, Dick, how hot it is down there and how brutal that can be. Yep. But again, like you, not complaining. Not complaining. Uh, but, but no, the, no thing, the thing to remember, though, is the opponent is coming up from Louisiana, coming mm-hmm. up from Monroe, Louisiana. And, in fact, young lady, I turned down a job offer out of college with a newspaper in Monroe, and my buddy's dad had been stationed there in the Army back in the day, and he said they have mosquitoes the size of Chrysler's in Monroe. So they're they're used to heat, they're used to humidity. So Kentucky's Is that you why know, you turned the job down? Uh no, actually I had a shot at a job in radio. So I think it worked out okay. Uh yeah, some yeah, some would debate there, that. Yeah. Some would debate that point. But anyhow, um the the thing I always try to remind myself is that and I know you probably do too and you were an athlete, so you know what it's like to get ready for a season. But people like you and me down there just, you know, looking for water, looking for shade. The people who are best equipped to handle that kind of weather are the players because they've been practicing in that kind of weather. But I think that's going to the, the early, that's going to test Kentucky's depth, isn't it, early on? Well, yeah, there's no doubt. And you're right. I mean, this is something these guys start getting ready for, um, you know, all summer long. And, you know, in August when they start camp and they, they really get going, I mean, they're in this heat, you know, all the time. So, um, yeah, I mean, they are. It literally feels like your feet are melting into yeah. the surface, which is just the most bizarre thing. And, and we are all out there. It just feels like you're dying. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think that's what these elite, elite level athletes certainly know what it takes um, to get themselves ready throughout the week. And that's, you know, from a nutrition perspective, yep. hydration, hydration, all those things. Um, they have all of the resources they need to get themselves ready to go. But that's, you know, obviously you're going to see the normal things you see, the cramping, um, you know, that kind of stuff that, you know, because we did, we pushed the season back later last year to get started. So yeah. there was still some heat, but, um, you know, it's pretty intense when you open up the season. But, um, you know, either way you slice it, I do think we're going to have, you know, and folks want to be back tailgating. My yeah. gosh, the tailgating experience in and of itself, where there, and there's so many people that don't even go into the games. They just want to come and be a part of the environment and just have a good time um, with people out in the parking lot. So to be able to see that, Will, will be a really welcome sight. I said it's very eerie. I remember last year walking up for yeah. you know our first radio game, yeah. and there just being no one around was yep. just the most bizarre thing I've ever experienced. And so easy to get in and park, and yet you miss all that hubbub, right? Oh, oh gosh, no question. I mean, it, it just is, you know, as I was always, of course, you know, I, I couldn't be um, – 
you know, being there for, for games. So when I was done with radio, I was hustling back to my car so that I could hustle home and, um, you know, be able to catch the game. So, um, you know, the stream of traffic that's coming in, you know, 30, 20, 15 minutes before kickoff yeah. uh, was crazy because that was really all people could do at that point was just, you know, find yourself a place to park, zip right in and head on into the game. And, you know, I think to some extent there are probably lots of people that enjoyed that, but, um, you know, to, to be able to, to, to just see and feel that excitement building. You know, it's bizarre to also watch the team come rolling in on yeah. those buses yeah. with no one around and no one cheering them on and really no one seeing them come in um, is a pretty bizarre thing, too. That's where our radio uh, spot is set up, is right where those mm-hmm. those guys, the guys roll in. And, um, yeah, just all of it so strange. So to get back to normal is, is so welcome. Can you imagine what the first catwalk's going to look like? Oh, man, I, I hope I hope it is just... <laughs> People from for as far as you can see, cheering those guys on um, as they come in because it's just uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like you know you take advantage of it and you start to take it for granted a little bit. I think and you know hopefully this year from a, a football fan perspective really gave us all um, you know a whole new uh, a whole new love and and just really a renewed interest yeah. in this team. And why not? My gosh, they're going to be pretty darn good. So yeah. let's uh, <laughs> let's get after it. Yeah, they, they should be. They've got some situations they need to address in terms of in some of the positions. Obviously, quarterback uh, just got a boosted linebacker with a new face coming in and some yeah. other spots, but uh, they'll be all right. And, I, you know, we were talking about the schedule uh, earlier, and um, I think, and, and speaking of Monroe, obviously, but I like the fact that if they have to play a conference game in the second week, which is kind of weird, because uh, back in the day they were a month in before they played conference games. Right. But if you got to play a conference game and you're at home, Missouri, because I, I think they owe Missouri a little something. That was a horrible game last year on the road, not just because that's probably where I contracted COVID, but that was just <laughs> a brutally bad game for Kentucky. Yes, and I'm not laughing because you, that's where you contracted COVID because that's not funny at all. But I, I'm right there with you. I certainly get it, and I agree. And you think, gosh, that's a 7:30 uh, kickoff as well, yep. too, which I just think is, um, you know, under the lights like that is is great. So I think that really shapes up to be, uh, yeah, a really really great matchup. And then you know, depending on how things go that week, you know, you you'll find out an awful lot about your yeah. team on that day, and so um, you know, you can follow that up with a game against UT Chattanooga at home to kind of, you know, shore some things up and really start to get some things um, fixed, whatever that might be, before you go on a real uh, a real tear in the SEC with a, a really tough stretch. Yeah, it is a tough stretch, starting with that game at South Carolina. And yeah. I was talking to Van Hiles earlier today on Tom Leach's show, and we, we talked about the LSU game falling between Florida and Georgia. Not that you're going to overlook anybody, but he said it's just mentally tough to get up, get up, get up. But he said, I'd like to know what LSU's got. In fact, LSU's got like Auburn beforehand and somebody else brutal afterwards. So it's a similar kind of game. But uh, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves there. Before I let you go, I do need to talk a little bit of basketball. I don't know if you saw the picture that was online or on the social media today. But it was Jen O'Neill marking uh, Ryan Howard in the international competition. Uh, and she Jen plays for the Puerto Rican national team. And yeah. as Mark Story pointed out, those are the only two, you probably know this, the only two players in the history of UK women's basketball to score 43 points and they're guarding each other. How cool is that? 
Well, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, honestly, you, you think about uh, that. I think that just speaks volumes about what has happened over the last 10 to 15 years with UK women's basketball and what, um, you know, how things have changed and how things have shifted and how, you know, Kentucky, you know, starting with Matthew Mitchell, they were really able to get in some real talent. I mean, real, uh, you know, and, and Jenna's had a really nice career overseas. I mean, she's been playing in Poland for a while. Oh, I mean, really? ever since she left Kentucky um, and has had, you know, has been playing for the Puerto Rican team for quite some time and has just had a really sensational professional career. So I'm so happy for her to see that. Um, but I just think it's a testament to what, to how the tide has changed and shifted for UK women's basketball. It's really great to see. What do you expect as we, you know, I know we're talking football, but it's it's always basketball season. Uh, second year, more of a conventional start as it uh, pertains to the head coach. And now she's got a, a Hall of Famer on the bench with her in Gail Gestenkor. I mean, what, what, kind of a, what kind of a season do you expect this year for this Kentucky team with Ryan Howard coming back and lost some good talent, but a lot of good talent coming back? Yeah, I think what my hope will be that you start to see a team that really is coming together a little bit better and really seems to be gelling on the floor a little bit better. Um, you know, I think that was the, was very difficult just in how the off season went last year and how preseason went for them. That you know, it just was so difficult to to it, just like the men um, and for any team across the country just to try to practice and get things in. They they just didn't have the um, the team building activities that they would normally have. They weren't able to practice together the way they would want. So all of these things really, you know, and never mind the fact that for a long time they just weren't sure what was going to happen with their head coach. So there was a lot of things up in the air. Um, so I think with, uh, you know, a full normal um you know, summer under your belt and, um, you know, off-season workouts and then preseason as you get into uh, – they get back to school and get things going again, along with um, an assistant coach who just knows how to win. I mean, she knows exactly what to do to win at the highest level. Um, I think really bodes well for this team. And, you know, I think, that, again, I, I don't think it can be under um, – valued what the time over the summer and um, you know you hit that August September October time when that is where you're putting in an enormous amount of work and for that to really kind of all be so messed up last year um, I think affected lots of teams but I think for Kentucky it was really tough especially considering the coaching change and what was happening there so I think you know Kyra Elsie now has her feet under um, firmly planted um, you know in that head coaching position you got a great assistant coach that you brought on board it's a great staff that works really really hard you've got the talent and I think that's what you were hearing a lot of last season is wow look how talented this team is probably more talent than they've had in athleticism really than they've had in quite some time at Kentucky then why aren't they winning and why can't they get it done and I think there's so many factors all of which we've just talked about that come into play that we won't have this year. So I think we'll really start to see some things really come together and see this team start to gel a little bit better on the court. You know, it's interesting before I let you go, I was talking to a friend of mine who was paying more attention to the UK women. And uh, one of the reasons was Ryan Howard. He had heard so much about her. And he said, you know, there's just times it just looks like she's not interested and she's kind of drifting around and things like that. And I said, well, when you're that good, you know, uh, it's not like you don't have to do that. I said, but, you know, she doesn't have to run around like a headless chicken uh, to get herself open. But the other thing, too, Chrissy, I think, is that she had to make an adjustment. I, I, I felt like Ryan Howard last year was trying really hard 
to to be, for lack of a better term, a team player uh, mm-hmm. who knew when it was time for her to take over. And I'm wondering if she's going to tweak that element of her game because, you know, I would never presume to, to say she didn't play hard. She always plays hard. Well, so I think you, you, you and your friend both have a great point, which is that, um, you know, I think some of that where you start to see what looks like a lack of effort on Ryan's part is 100% what you're saying, which is her trying to get other teammates involved. Yeah. Her trying to, you know, look, it doesn't have to, the offense doesn't have to go through me. I don't have to be the one taking the shot. And then oftentimes what will happen is the team becomes so dependent on that player to take the shot that, that they started to get out of rhythm on offense. And I think that's what we saw with Kentucky is players that could absolutely shoot, players that could score were struggling to do that because they became very dependent on Ryan. And she really was trying to keep that from happening. So some of that came off as lack of effort. Um, but you're exactly right. Kyra Elsie had said to me a couple times in some pregame prep, she said, you know, there are times when I have to pull Ryan aside and say, it's Ryan time. Like now's the time, you know, I need you to absolutely take over this game and she, she can do that. Um, you know, so, and it, it's nothing else. I said, listen, she can shoot the three. So she's dangerous there. She can score off the dribble. And if nothing else, she can get herself to the line. Um, and knock down some free throws and try to make something happen that way. So, um, yeah, I think there will be a little bit more of that identity of trying to figure out, um, you know, or other players knowing that it's okay for them to step up and score as well, too, which um, certainly Ryan is open to, and she is welcome to that. Oh, yeah. And you hope for her sake and really all of them, but you'd like to see her go out at her last year with one really great run in the NCAA tournament. But there's a lot that has to happen between then and now. And I'm sure we will chat with Christy several times before that. But uh, I promise we will chat with you one more time, at least before football season begins. If you're sitting still, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing <laughs> you'll be bouncing off the walls here before long. Oh, I'll have plenty to say about it too. That's for sure. <laughs> so now I'd love to be back and talk more about it. And I'd love yeah. to see everybody at Kroger Field. So get down there. Well, and we'll get your buddies uh, Jeremy Jarman and uh, Dusty Bonner to weigh in as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, absolutely. You know, those pesky jobs and families keep getting in the way. But, you know, we'll work at it. Not that you don't have a job and family, but I do Listen, appreciate it. Listen, anytime somebody time. wants to talk football, I'm in. Let's I, go. I'm, I'm with you, 100%. Thank you, young lady. See you soon, I hope. Thanks for having me. Have All right, thanks. Christy Thomas of the U.K. Network. We're back in a minute. 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats. 630 WLAP. Everybody knows the song. They might not know the movie. But Dueling Banjos was made famous from the movie Deliverance, which starred Burt Reynolds and John Voight and the great Ned Beatty, uh, who was a Louisville native and unfortunately uh, has passed away at the age of 83, I believe it was. And uh, Ned played freshman football at Eastern High School. Uh, I saw somebody tweeted a picture of him, but of course was also in chorus and theater and things like that. And... um, my buddy Stuart Bowman, who is a uh, retired uh, longtime photographer for the Courier Journal, posted a really neat story on Facebook. Uh, Ned was in the state of Kentucky uh, filming a movie with Cheryl Ladd. I don't even remember what the movie was. And he was sitting under a tree, Stuart writes, playing a harmonica. And Stuart said he walked up and, and 
was you know was waiting for the reporter to get there, and walked up and introduced himself, and said, "Hi, I'm I'm so and so, and I'm with the Courier Journal." And Beatty sat up straight and said, "Oh, the Courier Journal," you know, and they started. Talk. Of course, that was the newspaper that 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 Beatty read when he was growing up in Louisville, and uh, or I, I think he spent part of his childhood in Lexington as well. But anyhow, uh, he said Ned Beatty could not have been nicer, and said he invited the reporter and and the photographer to have lunch with them, with him, with Cheryl Lab, with whoever. And he said, and you better believe those actors have it in their contract that they've got, you know, a chef and and, and that kind of thing. And so. Uh, they had lunch together. That is one of the greatest stories. And, in fact, I believe Ned Beatty was related to one of my best friend's dads and used to stay at their house when he was in Louisville. So you hate to lose a guy like that. But if you haven't seen Deliverance, check it out. It's a heck of a film. You're listening to Big Blue Insider with Dick Gabriel on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. <laughs> Making that mash, he watches and he looks. Oh, Gator, he knows that swamp like a book. Something out there moving, Gator, what do you see? Ain't nothing but the snakes and the Gators and me. Everything doke, doke, and doke, and doke. Is this from a Ned Beatty movie? Was this from White Lightning? Uh, you're close. Gator? Uh, this is actually from Gator by Jerry Reed. Um, yeah, I knew Jerry Reed. So, and that's why I played White Lightning by George Jones going into the break. But, uh, of course. yeah, uh, Burt Reynolds was actually in White Lightning with Ned Beatty, who was the sheriff. And then Gator was the follow-up to White Lightning because, unfortunately, Ned Beatty's character died oh. in White Lightning. So I kind of had to go a little deep there with the uh, Jerry Reed uh, Gator song, which I always loved anyway. So, But, yeah, I pulled together a little bit of a playlist of Ned Beatty songs, uh, some of the movies and songs that were featured. and. It's a little tough, but I've got it. Ned Beatty was in Rudy. I mean, he was in everything. But I had forgotten that he was in Rudy. Yeah, I forgot that. And I forgot, too, up until somebody brought it up to me way before he died, that he was in the first two Superman movies. That's right. As uh, Otis. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, uh, as I said, from Louisville. And uh, according to Wikipedia, began singing in gospel and barbershop quartets in St. Matthews. Now, that's where Eastern High School is. That's where I grew up, and that, that's the part of Louisville where I grew up, said his local church. I don't know which one it was. But he got a scholarship to sing in the a cappella choir at Transy, which he attended but did not graduate. Uh, got into show business, I guess. And... Uh, was in a uh, a show in Berea. Um, just loved coming back to Kentucky. Uh, worked in the Louisville area through the mid-60s. Worked in the Clarksville Theater in Indiana. Um, worked at Actors Theater of Louisville, which was really huge for quite a while. And, um, in fact, he was Willie Loman in Death of a Salesman at Actors Theater. But, of course, he made his debut in Deliverance, uh, his film debut, with Burt Reynolds, and it's set in northern Georgia. Uh, the Chattooga River is what served. I, I can't remember the name of the river in the movie, but it's the Chattooga in real life, which is on the Georgia-Tennessee border, and I know this because I've rafted that river with some buddies of mine, whitewater rafting. It's not a super challenging uh, I'm sure it is when, when, the, uh, when the conditions are right, 
But for the most part, it's not like West Virginia. It's not like the new and the upper Gali and the lower Gali. But uh, it's it's obviously very pretty. And, you know, the, the guide had all kinds of, you know, cool stories about uh, deliverance and, you know, what scene appeared here and there. But as I said, this guy was in everything. But he got one Academy Award nomination, only one for Best Supporting Actor, and that was in Network. And he played uh, the, the head of a network and has a huge speech um, that that still holds up to this day. Uh, neither one of them, he neither he nor William Holden, who had the lead role, one of the lead roles, won it. But, um, yeah, he uh, this, this guy, he remember, he was in All the President's Men, one of my favorite films. Uh, Silver Streak uh, was in the second Exorcist movie. This guy... You know, if if you walked in, you would never peg him as a movie star. But this guy was was a constant get for for producers and directors. And he had a ton of TV credits too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he was in an episode of Mash. We were talking about the Rockford Files uh, during the break. Just just a ton. Of, and I've never even watched the entire uh, movie Network, but I know the speech. Really? Yes. Why his speech? I I I know I I've watched the speech a couple of times. I do know the movie because of his speech. No I've kidding. Never, I've never watched. I've never watched the entire movie. Oh, okay. No, you you got to. Um, I will leave it with this: the um, the film that it seems like is is played over and over right now on cable is a Shooter with um, Mark Wahlberg. Have you seen that? I don't think so. No, it, it's a film about a, a former, a retired army sniper, Mark Wahlberg, who is set up for the attempted murder of the vice president. And Ned Beatty is the bad guy. Uh, and I will leave it at that. But I will also tell you that Wahlberg, you know, he's on the run. He's wounded. And his former partner, you know how you've got a, a, a sniper and a spotter, right? Well, his close friend and his spotter, who was KIA uh, when they were on a mission, was from Kentucky in the movie. And his wife was living, and, and Wahlberg eventually makes his way to her to get some help. Uh, Kate Mara plays her. And she's living, Bo, in Keene, Kentucky. Ever been to Keene? Is Keene in? Jessamine. Jessamine County. I Jessamine knew him somewhere. Yeah. yeah. The only reason I know anything about Keene is that when I was in school, we used to have the Little Kentucky Derby hot air balloon race, which I, I can't remember when they stopped doing that uh, on the U.K. campus. But... I was able to finagle a ride in one of the balloons. I was writing for the for the colonel for the for the UK paper, and I don't remember if I just walked up to the guy, the pilot, or somebody made it happen. But I wind up in a hot air balloon, and it's the balloon you may have seen it that looks like a fez, a Shriners fez. It was the Shriners balloon. Have you ever seen that? It 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 look. It's got the purple 
you know, maroon whatever color uh, hat, and it's got a big black tassel coming off of it. It looks just like a Shriner's Fez. And so we actually won the race. And the way you win a race like that is you take off and the hair balloon takes off uh, first. Then you start, then the other balloons start taking off one after the other. And because there are so many balloons, you can't just fire it up and drift up like you see in the Wizard of Oz. They, they had people holding the balloons down, and the pilot would fire it, fire it, fire it, and then would yell, now, or let go, whatever. And people would let go, and we'd shoot straight up in the air. And so we drift all the way to Keene, Kentucky, following the hair balloon. Now, uh, we were one of the first to take off, and if you're wondering, well, that's not fair. It's not about getting there first. It's about accuracy. The hair balloon went down slowly, majestically, and landed in this field. We were up for probably half an hour and throws a beanbag down. And so now we land, and we were the closest to the hair balloon. And when we got out, we're like, where are we? We're in Keene, Kentucky. So in the movie Shooter, I'm like, I know exactly where that is. Ned Beatty was the bad guy, played a corrupt U.S. senator. I will leave it at that. Is if you like action movies, that's the one for you. But it's, uh, it's, it's, and he was good. He was so good. He was so nasty and mean and arrogant, and uh, like I said, played a corrupt senator, and you just wanted to hate him. But then he can turn around and and be in a film where you love him, uh, you know, or you love his character. So. Uh, yeah, Ned Beatty uh, passed yesterday at the age of 83. But here's a guy who started off singing in church in Louisville, in St. Matthews. Went to a, an event earlier today that was uh, hosted by the American Heart Association, and it included U.K. offensive lineman Kenneth Horsey. He will be a vital part of the Big Blue Wall this year. He has been working his way up to the position to where he is going to be a leader and is going to be a good player and is a good player for the Wildcats. And, in fact, I think started one or two games last year, perhaps. I don't know. Anyhow, this is the kid who right before his freshman year underwent open-heart surgery. He, he had an attack. He uh, collapsed and uh he was taken in, and he's got endo. He had endocarditis, just had heart damage. Open heart surgery. As a senior, a guy who had scholarship offers, and when that happened, of course, everybody fell away. Except, and I can't say they were the only school, but UK stayed with him and reached out to him and said, "You've got a scholarship." Came through it worked his way back, and today he spoke at the American Heart Association event, which was part of a uh, joint venture with UK Healthcare and the UK Gill Heart and Vascular Institute, and they got together to talk about the pro- a program where they're teaching hands-only CPR. We're going to have Kenneth on the show on uh, Wednesday to talk about 
not only his role with the UK football team, the offensive line, but to talk about why he has decided to be a spokesman for this kind of thing. He has chosen to go public and to try to help people, obviously. When you see somebody in cardiac arrest, American Art Association says a chance of survival drops 10% for every minute without CPR. So obviously they're trying to train as many people as they can. He gave a great speech today, did a great Q&A with, uh, with the media today. And I was uh, at another event. I've done some speaking for the American Heart Association. That is uh, a, uh, a group that's close to, <laughs> no pun intended, my heart, as a uh, someone who's had his heart worked on. Um, so I saw Kenneth. It was actually the first time he spoke in public about his situation. This was uh, not this past year, but the year before, probably about 15 months ago, pre-COVID. But today he was just magnificent. And uh, he'll chat with us on the Big Moon Insider on Wednesday night to talk about becoming a spokesman for the American Art Association, the Gilhart Institute. That's also a, a, a body that is uh, close to Mark Stoops, who lost his dad at such a young age. His dad, I think, was only 57 when he died of a heart attack. So uh, Mark Stoops is, is keenly aware of uh, what it takes to uh, pursue good heart health. And I don't think he even knew, though. I told him about Kenneth speaking to that, uh, that group the first time. And he was really pleased, surprised, but really pleased. And I said, yeah, he knocked it out of the park. Uh, tip of the cap to UK track and field. You've got the 4x400-meter team that tallied points out in Oregon. The women's team, 13 points, finished in 21st place. Seven straight time that the Wildcats have placed in the top 25. Uh, Masai Russell, Faith Ross, Solera Barnes, and uh, let's see who else. Oh, wait, Megan Moss, did your Miles Barnes and Ross, ran the third best time in school history. Um, it's all about scoring points, obviously. you got to get up there. The men landed in 15th place. That is the best finish for the U.K. men since 2014. So they had some success out there in Oregon. It's tough to score points, A, and B, to score enough to win an NCAA championship. Again, this takes, obviously, it takes depth like in any sport. But Kentucky slowly but surely getting there. And it's had some terrific individual events through the years. And uh, yeah, just got to keep recruiting. Just got to keep bringing in athletes, just like any other sport. 280-2287-800-606-4263. Tweet us at Big Blue Insider 1. We're back in a minute on 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats. 630 WLAP. Stroker Ace was born to race. He had a mean street two feet wide. A son of a gun with a taste for fun and more than his share of pride. Take a dirt road curve with the devil's nerve. Make a car dance across the mud. And haul and shine was his regular line till the track got in his blood. It was a real hot shot and he bragged a lot. But man, that fool could drive. 
Because he loved the feel of the steering wheel. It's Charlie Daniels. It is. Stroke a race. Because it sounds like uh, Devil Went Down to Georgia. A little bit, yeah. I, I really didn't mean. And that's okay. Uh, I didn't, really didn't mean for these two hours to turn into my own personal playlist between the uh, bourbon songs and Deliverance and <laughs> Don't Stroke they race. always, though? Yeah, they do. you got a mission. you got a plan. I do. I have an agenda. It's not like you sit down and just kind of shoot from the hip. I know you think about these things. That's what I appreciate. Family friend of ours last night called, and he, he loves listening to us. And he goes, how do you go about the songs? <laughs> and I just said, you know what? And I think about it throughout the week. I kind of think about what's going on and just kind of move from there. And that's it. So Yeah. Well, as we mentioned earlier, Billy's got jury duty, so he'll be in and out this week. So uh, uh, if, if for no other reason you need to tune in and decide and figure out what uh, what songs uh, that, that Bo has decided are appropriate for the Big Blue Insider. Sometimes it actually matches what we're talking about. And uh, we did mention Ned Beatty, so you played a couple off your, your Ned Beatty playlist, right? Correct. Yes, I did. So, yeah. um and I just kind of think about what's going on throughout the day. And you're right. I, I try to keep it topical. That's always my, my yeah. first go-to is to keep it topical. But sometimes when it's kind of a slow UK sports day and I can't make that connection, then I go with the pop culture references. And that always <laughs> that always works. I mean, that's the ace in the hole right there for me. Yeah, no, I always learn something. Um, we saw this earlier on social media. Didn't have a chance to work it in. But... I'll be honest with you. I didn't even know Louisville had an indoor football league team, and that's what it's called, the IFL, the Indoor Football League. Uh, arena football is basically what it is. Uh, you know, as you well know, Lexington had um, the Arena League. Yeah, Lexington won a championship back in the day. Dusty Bonner was the quarterback. But, you know, just things just never worked out. I really like indoor football, and not just because um, it was – a football fix in the spring. It was just fun. But in, in Rupp Arena, they did a great job. And, in fact, I remember players uh, for the the, uh, the Lexington team told us that it was the horsemen. Um, players from other teams, and they would see it for themselves when they go on the road, would complain about how dangerous other arenas were how terrible the field was, and just the whole th- setup was awful. And they would say, we want to come play in Lexington because they love Rupp Arena so much. Give Rupp Arena credit. When they, when we had a hockey team here, they took twice the precautions that they needed to take when it came to making sure the playing surface was safe and uh, it, it didn't make the basketball court freezing cold. They put – Two or three times the uh, the amount of, of uh, insulation in between the ice and the basketball court. So, uh, yeah, give them credit for that. It's just too expensive to keep it open, though, for uh, for hockey or minor league football. So, anyway, the Indoor Football League's board of directors voted unanimously today, or yesterday, I should say, to terminate the Louisville Extreme. That's their, their nickname, the Louisville Extremes membership for, quote, failure to meet and maintain league obligations. No idea. No idea what that means. They played at the Yum Center. No more. I don't know if anybody even went from Lexington to Louisville uh, to watch. That might have been interesting. Uh, If you follow Oscar Combs at Wildcat News, he's on a little bit of a rant right now 
He wants a statue of Bear Bryant. And he is asking, <laughs> he said, well, anyone dead or alive explain to me why there's no statue of Bear Bryant. According to Oscar, it's a disgrace. I don't know if it's a disgrace, but somebody needs to answer that question. There's got to be something, something. I mean, the guy's got a pretty good track record. I will say this. That's been on the forefront of his mind for oh. two weeks because he talked to me about it a few weeks ago. And we had a oh, yeah. nice discussion about yeah. it. Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, I'm with him. I'm with him on that. All right, let's close up with a couple of facts design with Bo in mind. Uh, you know how when you get mad – your face turns red. Well, the reason is your heart is beating faster to send more blood to your muscles because your body believes you're getting ready for a fight. So your body gets ahead of you. Beats by Dr. Dre. The headphones? Never bought them. Good. They can go for as much as 450 bucks. You know how much it costs to produce them? Couple bucks. Fourteen bucks. Jeez. Yeah. I read that somewhere. Yeah. Uh, your man Elvis. Yes. Wore a cross, a star of David, and the Hebrew letter Chai, if I said that right, because he didn't want to, quote, miss out on heaven due to a technicality. I like it. I love it. That'll do it for now. Thanks to our guest, Justin Rowland. Thanks to Christy Thomas. For Bo Dick Gabriel, that's it. Good night from Lexington. And I have chosen you, Mr. Beale, to preach this evangel. Why me? Because you're on television, dummy. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.